Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin, then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. This is the word of God for the people of God. Just a month from today will be our annual Barton Clinton Gordy Lecture Series. It'll be the first Sunday of March. Ash Wednesday falls on March the 1st, and then the first Sunday, March 5, Dr. Roberta Bondi will be here. She's a professor emeritus from our United Methodist Seminary in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm really looking forward to having her come and speak with us. She'll be here for a retreat on Saturday, then speaking Sunday morning and Sunday night and Monday night. I hope you'll mark your calendars. But as I was reading this text over and over this week, it reminded me of one of our previous speakers. Do you remember Thomas Bickerton, Bishop Thomas Bickerton? He was about six foot five inches tall. He was a powerful speaker. He did a wonderful job for us. But on one of those occasions, and I've seen him do this in a number of places, once he has raised the congregation, getting ready to read the scripture, instead of beginning to read, he looks out over the crowd and asks a question. I've put it in your outline. He says, do you believe that what is in this book can change your life? Do you believe that it can happen today? And of course, the congregation says, yes and yes. So then he says, well, then listen to what I'm reading you like that. Like you're expecting to hear something that is truly going to change your life today. Of course, what he's pointing out is so often we walk into a sanctuary or come to church or come to worship and we're not really prepared. We come without expectation that Anything important is really going to happen. We're just kind of going through the motions. Bishop Bickerton 
is reminding us when he asks those questions that everything we do here is designed to bring us into the presence of God so that God might change our lives. Isaiah is talking about the same thing today in this passage we just read in terms of what was happening with his people in his day. He says that they are going through the motions of fasting and worship, but missing the point about it changing their lives. Oh, he says, you're fasting all right, but on other days you're doing so many other things that are contrary to what you're suggesting you believe in terms of your fast that we have a problem. It's sometimes hard to follow this chapter in Isaiah because two voices are speaking, Isaiah on behalf of God and the people back and forth with him. In verse 3, the people are complaining. They say, why do we fast? But you do not see, referring to God. Why humble ourselves? But you do not notice. And then God responds through Isaiah to say, look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Isaiah says your heart is not in the right place. That even though you act as you fast, as if you're devoting yourself to God and want to draw near to God on all the other days of the week, you're acting contrary to what God might want. To say one thing as if you were a person of great faith, but then to act in a contrary way is a problem in your relationship with God. Isaiah wants his people to pay attention to what he senses God is prompting him to say. You remember he felt prompted by God to speak up in verse 1. He hears from God this word, shout out, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet, announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Isaiah feels like God is speaking through him, wanting him to speak to these abuses and these sins that his people are enacting day to day. He tells them, worship of God without action for God is not good faith. And perhaps a more familiar phrase to us, faith without works is dead. It's the same message Isaiah is sharing with his people. He feels prompted by God to say, all of you folks here are doing these kind of things and these we have a problem in verses 6 and 7 God speaking through Isaiah says this is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice to undo the thongs of the yoke to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin 
Isaiah is reminding his people that they have a choice in how they approach God. They have a choice in terms of how they worship and devote themselves to God. And he says very clearly, devotion by itself falls short. Prayer and fasting, worship and song are fine, but if they do not lead you to a place where you're acting on behalf of God, on behalf of justice, then your worship is falling short. Or in the words of Micah that we read last week, if your devotion does not lead you to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God, then you're falling short. Isaiah is saying the same kind of thing that Micah said. That devotion is fine, but if it doesn't ensue in feeding the hungry, taking care of the poor and homeless, covering those who are naked, then you have fallen short. As I read over this passage several times this week, It reminded me of that scholar I mentioned to you when we first began to read of Isaiah early in the year. Remember, there was the scholar that said that Isaiah has so shaped and formed the Gospels and the early church that it could be called the fifth gospel. That there's so much of what Isaiah says that we find in our own Christian scriptures that it's almost as if it's the fifth gospel. And as I read over this passage, I kept thinking this week of Matthew 25, thinking of that scholar who said such a thing, because you can hear it. In 25, Jesus is talking about what it means to live in God's will and the criteria for living in the kingdom. I want to read you a few verses of what he says. He's using the image of a king. And he says, The king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, And you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it? that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you. And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Just as you did it for one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Can you not hear the echoes of Isaiah in that passage in which Jesus is teaching 
Let me read you again verse 6 and 7 out of that 58th chapter that we read and see if you cannot hear the echoes of this teaching. God is speaking through Isaiah and says, Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin or as jesus said his brothers or his own family jesus is talking about what it means to live in alignment with the will of god and isaiah is speaking of the same thing i think isaiah's vision informs the vision jesus is sharing when he talks about right relationship whether it's in a small community or in a larger society or in one's own city isaiah says it's important for us in terms of our relationship with god to pay attention to how we treat our neighbors and he says of course it's really good for us to help our neighbors but he goes further than that and says it's good for those who do such things because it draws them closer to God it not only helps the other but it draws any of us who do so closer to God and you'll remember that was their complaint those who were speaking to Isaiah is that they felt like they were fasting and God hadn't noticed that somehow they weren't getting enough attention from God they wanted to feel closer to God Isaiah says okay I can show you how that's going to happen. And he begins to tell them, do this, and then this will happen. And what he says will happen is in verse 8 and 9. He says, if you're willing to serve your neighbor, then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. In other words, when you're serving your neighbor or someone in need, God is going before you and God is behind you. You're right in the middle of God's will and God's presence will surround you. Then verse 9, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. Isaiah says to those who want to Draw closer to God. Fasting, prayer, and worship are fine, but not enough that we need to move out into the world, care for the hungry and the sick, the homeless, to make provisions for someone else. It's wonderful when we hear such moving scripture as this to think of people who took a dramatic step after hearing such a call i mean i thought this week of albert schweitzer what a great story of him leaving a life of comfort to go to africa to serve those in need or someone like mother Teresa, who's a top school administrator and then feels this call of god to go into the inner city of calcutta and begin her ministry to the poorest of the poor I love those kinds of stories. They are poignant. Yet for most of us, the choice is not that dramatic. 
It's not that God doesn't call some people to go to another country or another continent to serve. But for most of us, the call is to serve our neighbor much closer at hand. I think it looks a whole lot more like coming down to Boston Avenue on a Thursday night when we're having a compassion dinner and worship service and having a meal with people we've invited into our family of faith, maybe helping serve the meal, maybe coming a little early and driving a bus to pick up some who need transportation to get to church or coming a little later to help clean up or maybe volunteering to help Reverend Sarah Pugh Montgomery with serving Holy Communion. You're helping to break the yoke of oppression, whether it's mental illness or drug addiction or lack of employment or any number of things that might have occurred in the person's life that they're in such a transition. But it's a lot less dramatic a couple of hours on Thursday night than giving up everything in your life and traveling overseas. And yet it's just as important For the person that is touched by your generosity of heart and willingness to help break that yoke of oppression that Isaiah talks about. I think it looks a lot more like what most of our Sunday school classes do a couple of times a year when some of them come down here to the church and fix a meal and then transport it to the day center for the homeless and serve those who are without a home and are staying in the shelter that night. It's not only food and drink, but it's the warm smile, the kind word or gesture that we can offer in the name of Christ as we serve. You know who else struggles with homeless in our state? The statistics are actually staggering of how many children are in state custody because of neglect or abuse They need help with foster homes. So many children who have had to be taken out of their own home that don't have a place to live. Our United Methodist Circle of Care is working really hard through a program called Child Share to recruit United Methodists to be foster families. That might be the call that you feel God's making on your life when you hear this call to do justice and fight oppression and house the homeless or feed the hungry or give someone a drink there's so many different ways that this can happen our Sistema after school program our youth go to the food bank they visit all over town to help bring cheer to someone else's life we're having a chili cook-off coming up it's going to be a wonderful time of entertainment and fellowship among our people But the work area on missions wants you to bring some cash for the auction and to vote for the chili because they're raising money to do just what Isaiah calls us to do. There's so many different opportunities. There's our Burroughs Elementary School. There's JA for a Day with Burroughs coming up. You might want to be a part of that. There's our St. Luke's Redemption Church that works with people who have been incarcerated. They're now coming back into our community. They need some help making the transition. We as United Methodists offer that help through our St. Luke's Redemption Church. You might want to volunteer and serve in that way. Or maybe make a gift for those far away in Bolivia that we're working to help with today as well. 
Our church is involved in so many ways to try to fulfill this call of God on us as Christians. So many opportunities to approach God as we serve our neighbor. Isaiah shouts to his people. He calls out to them, you have a choice in terms of how you approach God. Jesus says, truly, whenever you do it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it for me. Amen. Thanks be to God.